we have a crisis in the world, tremendous crisis, and also crisis in our consciousness, in us. I see the urgency of change, radical revolution, mutation in the mind. I see it. It is necessary. There is complete quietness of the mind, and that which is silent has vast space. Only then that which is nameless comes into being. This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti podcast. There is security when there is intelligence. Intelligence is the most positive force of security. Hello and welcome to episode 99 of Urgency of Change. Each weekly episode in this season of the Krishnamurti podcast is based on a major theme of the philosopher's talks, such as freedom, self-knowledge, beauty, intelligence and meditation. Extracts from our archives have been carefully selected to represent Krishnamurti's different approaches to each of these universal and timelessly relevant themes. This week's theme is security. Next week's theme is silence. This podcast is brought to you by Krishnamurti Foundation Trust, based at Brockwood Park in the UK. For more information about activities and programmes at Brockwood, such as the Krishnamurti Retreat Centre, Brockwood Park School, and more about the Foundation, please visit our website at kfoundation.org. You can also find our daily quotes and videos on Instagram and Facebook at Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. This week's episode on security has four sections. The first extract is from the second question and answer meeting at Brockwood Park in 1982, titled, Is There Any Security? What actually is, we are insecure. I am seeking security. But the actual fact is, I am insecure, uncertain, confused waffling about. (laughs) Moving from one thing to another, one family to another, one woman to another, one man to another, one guru to another. You follow? I'm seeking security. And I think there is security in nation in a community, in a family. Or, if I am fairly intelligent, I say, no, there is no security, but there is security in God. In obeying, in following, in accepting. But the fact remains, all the time, that there is this feeling of deep insecurity. So can we put away the search for security, psychologically, and inquire into what is insecurity? Then I I can deal with it. 
But if I'm all the time seeking security, and and I see very well, I can't find it in churches, in priests, in books, in people, in gurus, in ideas. There is none of it. I see that. So I come back and say, now, I'm insecure. Why? What is insecurity? I'm talking, first of all, psychologically. Not the first secure outwardly, then secure inwardly, but first, psychologically, I'm inquiring into insecurity. Perceive the importance of this. The communists, socialists, and various other groups have tried to find, bring about security for man outwardly. And they all failed. The communists started out, you know what, I won't go into all that. All kinds of propositions, ideals, and then ended up in totalitarianism. So unless we tackle, grasp the inward structure of human behaviour, human mind, psychologically, merely the outward coating will have no effect. One doesn't realise this. So first we are seeking together, try to find out what is why we live in psychologically in, in insecure? Why we feel insecure, right? Not the other. Why? Now, when I am insecure, and I know I am insecure. Is there subtle, uh, subtle intuition that there is security? You understand? I'm insecure. I'm married, I'm all the rest of it, but I feel insecure. But there may be also deep down in me the feeling that there is somewhere security. And I'm pursuing that unconsciously, though I'm trying to investigate insecurity. You fall? I wonder if you see this. I must be I must be very clear that I am not surreptitiously on the table seeking security, though I profess I am in seek. So we must be clear right through our being that there is that one lives in insecurity. Why? Then we can ask the real question. But if you are half and half, you know, half and half of anything. You become mediocre. That's a good subject, mediocrity, but we won't go into that. <laughs> the word mediocrity means going 
up the mountain halfway. A person who goes halfway is mediocre, who doesn't go right to the top of it. Not in profession, not in some particular subject, but psychologically doesn't go right to the top of it. Such a person is mediocre. I'm not saying you are. <laughs> so what is insecure? Can there be security at all? Don't be depressed, don't feel anxious. And we are investigating. Can there be? Though I'm seeking, wanting, searching, longing for security, realizing I'm insecure, I'm also asking is there really security at all? My search for security may be wrong. What I am seeking is not security, but a quality of mind, brain, that will meet everything rightly. Right? I want to understand this. I feel insecure, and I see life is insecure. There is death always. There is always an accident. There is always something happening, shaking my foundations. I realize that, and I and I say to myself. Is there security at all? If we don't deny it, I'm questioning it, going into it. Because security is necessary. The brain can only function effectively, vitally, fully, with all its extraordinary capacity, when it is secure. Like a child, baby must be secure. So the brain must feel that it is completely secure. Not be shaken, not be it must be immovable in its security. Then the brain is flowering. You understand? Are we following each other? So Let's find out if if there is security at all. And if there is no security, the brain cannot possibly function properly. So we're asking what is security in security and insecurity? I'm getting tired. We're going to find out first 
What is insecurity? <coughs> Why we live perpetually in insecurity? Now, in, in that very inquiry, why we live in, in this state, confusion, all the rest of it, the very awareness of it is the beginning of intelligence. Right? Are you following this? Now let's begin again. I'm insecure. I have searched for security, which is run away from my insecurity, which is I've created the opposite, and I'm in conflict with it. No insecure and wanting security. So there is a struggle going on. So I see how stupid that is. Which the very recognition of this is the beginning of intelligence, right? Are you are we together in this? Not completely. Sir? Not completely. Not completely. So look. We have divided the world into nationalities, and these nationalities is one of the major causes of war. Right? One of the causes, the economic and so on and so on. But one of the causes is this feeling that we are separate from this person, you follow? Nationalities. Now, to recognize that and to be free of it is to be intelligent. No? Or would you want to be unintelligent? <laughs> no, this is important, please. To recognize, to see that which is false, and to abandon that is intelligence. Right? Now, I see, after investigating, which we have done, there is no security in belief, right? Because belief changes all the time. It can be argued down. It can be broken down. Faith, belief, ideals bring doubt to it, it begins to disappear. So there no security in that. Therefore my brain has seen that which is illusory, which he has considered before as giving me security, is abandoned it. So it is it's a become alive, intelligent. And it says, is there security at all? There is, when there is intelligence. I don't know if you follow this. Intelligence is the most positive force of security. Right? I have made 
is this clear? To abandon psychologically everything that is false, to perceive it, to see it very clearly, is intelligence. Where there is intelligence, you don't even ask whether you are secure or insecure. So, can we then, together, see the nature of security and insecurity, and in that very examination, observation, probing, Discover for ourselves, not because this anybody says, discover for ourselves that there is supreme security where there is intelligence. The second extract is from Krishnamurti's sixth talk in Sanan, 1974, titled, Our Physical Security is Being Threatened. We need to have physical security, food, clothes and shelter. That is an absolute necessity. But that necessity is becoming more and more impossible because for ideological reasons, the ideological reasons being nationalities, class divisions, economic national divisions, and the concept of a superior and inferior physical necessity, and a mind that can only survive physically when it is assured of food, clothes and shelter. That, we say, is an absolute necessity, not only for the Western world, but for the whole of mankind. The unity of mankind is the political responsibility. But the politicians are not going to bring it about. Because they survive on national divisions. And this physical security is denied not only for political reasons, but much deeper issue, which is, we have built a conceptual world, a world based on idea, please, a world based on a philosophy which is essentially material. We went into this the other day 
We said, thought, please listen to it, though I've repeated it hundred times, thought is essentially material because thought is the response of memory. Memory is experience, knowledge, that is held in the brain, cells, in the tissues of the brain, which is matter. And we have built a world on a concept, on an idea of self-importance, self-survival, at any price, identified with the nation, with a religious group. See it in yourself, please. So, as the world is becoming more and more overpopulated, Security, physical security becoming more and more rare, more and more difficult. And a man who feels totally responsible, please listen, totally responsible for all human beings, not only for myself and for yourself, this flame of responsibility makes each one of us non-ideological, non-national, and he does not belong to any religion in the accepted form of that word. He's neither a Christian nor a Hindu nor a Buddhist or a Muslim. Because they are the factors of dividing people and therefore bringing about insecurity. I wonder if you follow all this. And yet the mind must have secure, must have security. You've, because otherwise it can't function. You Are we communicating with each other? Do please. This is really quite important if you will give your attention to it. You see, the brain, as we said, which I think the brain specialists and everybody agrees, that it must have security. Like a child, it must have security. And when there is no security, in the real deep sense of that word, it creates a security in a formula, in a concept, in a belief. Belief, a concept, a dogma, a, an ideal, become the neurotic activity of a mind that is seeking security. Right? Then, what are you doing this? 
Not that you agree or disagree with me, but are you doing this? Are you seeking security in a concept? Communist, socialist, capitalist, or the religious, or a concept that you have yourself found out. <laughs> and if you have a concept and are acting according to that concept, you are acting neurotically. Because in a concept there is no security. I want And yet the brain, the mind, the physical body needs complete security. You understand the question? See what we are doing. Physically we want security, not only for ourselves but for the whole of humanity. That is love, that is compassion. But that compassion, that love is denied totally when you seek security in neurotic concepts. And all concepts are neurotic, obviously. Because a concept is an idea, a thing formulated by thought. A thing formulated by a materialistic attitude. And when you have an action based on a concept which is totally material, then division must inevitably take place. And there is battle, quarrels, divisions, agony. So that's one side of it. And the other is, is there security at all? Mind has sought security in things, physical things, property and so on, in name, in property, in a characteristic activity, it has sought security in concepts, ideals, formulas, systems, all that. And when one looks at all that very closely, objectively, non-sentimentally, non-personally, then you see that holds set up brings in security for everybody. And yet the mind, the brain must have security to function. So I'm asking you and myself, if there is this thing called security at all, Now that's what we're going to investigate. That's what we're going to find out. Not I find out and I tell you, 
then we would not be sharing. But together, we got to find out. Right? That means you see the truth of, of the necessity of, of physical security, which is totally denied by conceptual attitude, and yet the mind is always pursuing in different forms security. Security being something permanent, right? Permanent relationship and permanent house, a permanent idea. Now, is there such thing as permanency? I may want it. Because I see everything around me fading away, withering, in a flux. But I mind says there must be security. So a permanency. So there is no permanency in an idea, in a concept, no permanency in things, because they're wrought. Or they, I don't know, for various reasons. And then I seek permanency in my relationship, in my wife, in my children, and so on. And is there a permanent security in relationship? You understand? You ask yourself, when you want permanency in relationship, the whole problem of attachment arises. Please do what this, for your own sake, do watch it. And when you are attached, the whole problem of Fear, loss, suspicion, hate, jealousy, anxiety, fear, all that enter into that problem, into that desire to have permanent relationship. You understand? I have, one has found there is no permanency in a concept, though the Catholics the Protestants, the Communists have indoctrinated the mind, so, and the mind has accepted that philosophy as permanent. But you can see it is disappearing, it's fading away, they're questioning everything. And also one sees there's no permanency in any physical thing. So mind seeks must have personal relationship, right? And, the, and then when you see the implications of that relationship, a relationship based on an image, 
of you and of the other, each one having an image about each other, which is impermanent, and yet seeking permanence in that relationship. So one asks, is there anything permanent? It's a very difficult question to ask if you are at all serious, and a very difficult thing to find out what happens to a mind, please listen, what happens to a mind that has found the truth that there is nothing permanent? Will it go off, become insane? Please listen to this. Will it take a drug, commit suicide? Will it again fall into the trap of another ideology, another desire, which will project a permanent thing? You follow? So please listen to this. One has discovered by looking, not analyzing, by just observing our daily everyday life, that mind has sought, secu- thought has, security, has sought security in all these things. And thought says, there is no security. There is nothing permanent. And it begins to seek something more permanent. It has not found something permanent here, please listen, therefore it's seeking a permanency in another area, in another consciousness. But thought itself is impermanent, right? But it has never questioned that itself is impermanent. The third extract is from the first talk in Sanan, 1977, titled, Can Thought Provide Security? Practically a whole of humanity clings, is attached to some form of an idea, to some form of thought which has created a belief to some form of an experience which is a reaction to what is, and it clings to that. So generally throughout the world this is the phenomenon, right? You are deeply convinced of communism, or rather Marxism and Leninism, then you are stuck in a groove, right? You won't investigate anything else. And so on and on and on. So is that... does that give security? 
Does thought, please follow this, does thought, which has created all these uh, beliefs, dogmas, experiences, divisions, can thought give security? You understand my question? Because you, you function with thought. All your activity is based on thought, horizontal or vertical. Whether you are aspiring to great heights, it is still the movement of thought vertically. Or if you are merely <coughs> satisfied to bring about a social revolution and so on, so on, so on, you are still the movement, horizontal movement of thought. Right? So, does thought fundamentally, basically give security psychologically? You getting my point? I can go to my guru. I haven't got any, thank God, but I, I, I may go to a guru. The action of going to a guru is based on thought, hoping, thought hoping that he will give me some kind of security in this uncertain world. He will lead me to some kind of happiness, to some kind of enlightenment. All that is the movement of thought. Right? And I'm asking, does thought give security psychologically? Right? And yet, thought has its place. But when thought assumes the, uh, assumes that it can bring about a psychological security, then it is living in an illusion. You are getting, isn't it? Because look, if you believe in Jesus and all the rest of it, it is the movement of thought, isn't it? Hmm? And thought can create every kind of romantic illusion. Right? And when the mind psychologically seeks in the dogma of the church or non-church, whatever it is, you are, it is the structure of thought. And thought is essentially what? <laughs> is the movement of the past through the present, isn't it? Modified. Please go into it, you will see it. Thought is the response of memory.
right? Memory is <coughs> the result of experience, stored up as knowledge, which is all the past. Right? No? Somebody contradict me for God's sake. So, thought, which is the response of knowledge, of memory, knowledge, experience, stored up in the brain as stored up in the brain as knowledge, memory, that response. So he always is moving from the past. How do you? Huh? Now, is there security in the past? You are following my. Please use your reason, logic, all your energy to find out. Is there <coughs> security in the past, which is tradition? Tradition may be one day old or ten thousand years old. It is still tradition, which is the past. And any activity of the <coughs> of thought, which is the essence of the past, can that give security? You got my point, Bene. Go into it, sir. Think it out. Our religions are based on the past, organized religions, their rituals, dogmas, and all this circus that goes on with it, meaningless, is essentially a traditional, a tradition which is the past. And the thought is seeking, see what is happening, is seeking is security in the thing it has created itself. Right? I wonder if you see that. Mankind has created through thought the idea of God. I am not discussing whether there is God or not God. We'll go into that much later. Thought, wanting ultimate security, has created the thing, a thing called God. And human, humanity clings to that idea. The other day, the speaker tried to get a passport you know, for a certain country and a pass from a certain country, and one of the questions was asked, Do you believe in God? That is respectable, safe, uh, you are, then you belong to the gang. So, 
thought has created it. And thought seeks in that which it has created security. Follow the sequence of it. That which it has created, in that it seeks security. And that security is in the past. Right? Because thought is the past, though it may project in the future and say, There is the future of God, I'm going to attain Godhood. But that that movement of thought has created it. And thought is the essence of the past. I wonder if you see all this. So thought you are seeking security in the past. In the things that you have created. So when asked, is there security in the past? You are following? Go into it step by step, you will find out for yourself. Is there security in the past? Or recognizing there is no security in the past, thought then says, projects. an idea, an idealistic state or an idealistic mind, and find security in that, in the future, is still the movement of the past. Right? (coughs) So, is there security in the movement of thought at all? Now I explained it. You got it? So far we have reasoned together, right? And we are asking, is there security in the, in the very things which we hold together as dear, uh, holy, etc., which are all the movements of thought, which is the essence of the past, is there in thought total security? Right? If there is not, then what? You understand my question? I have throughout my life, suppose a human being, I said, throughout his life, <clears throat> he has depended on thought and the, and the things that thought has put together as being holy, unholy, morally moral, and all the rest of it. And to that human being, he holds all that as the most essential. You come along and say, look, all that is the movement of the past, after having reasoned with him logically and so on. And he said, why not? What's wrong with holding with the past? Because thought, is the past, he acknowledges it, and I'll hold to it. What's wrong? Go on. That is, I have had an experience in my relationship with you as a human being, another human being, I've had an experience with you. And to that experience I cling, which is memory, right? Which is the past. So what happens to our relationship? I am living in the past, right? 
And obviously, a relationship is only in the present. Right? No? If I am living in the past and you are living in the past, where is our relationship? So, some thoughtful people realise this, have gone into this. Then their problem is if thought and all the things, however noble, ignoble, the churches, the temples, the mosques, all that, whatever it has created is the result of the past. And when the human mind lives in the past and holds to the past, then it is incapable of living or perceiving what is true. The final extract this week is from Krishnamurti's second talk in New York, 1974, titled Total Security. So, freedom from knowledge and operating in the field of knowledge can only take place when there is intelligence. So we're asking What is intelligence? That word in the dictionary means interleggere, which means to read between the lines. To read between the lines, so that what you read between the lines must be accurate, not what you would like to read between the lines. And intelligence comes only when the mind is very sensitive and is, it, it becomes sensitive in, the, in exploring this problem of fear, freedom and knowledge, which is inquiry into the field of thought, whether whether there can be freedom at all for a mind that has become mechanical, because knowledge is mechanical, and that knowledge has shaped our mind, which has become mechanical. And where the mind is mechanical, and it must be in a certain area, can such a mind ever find freedom, or must it always function within the field of knowledge and therefore always a slave to knowledge? You understand my question? Now, they, in the ancient India, they tried to escape from that by inventing a super-self which is free to observe apart from the me who is the generally observer. So I'm saying 
as long as thought functions within the field of knowledge, and that is the, its proper place, there freedom cannot exist. Freedom exists outside the field of knowledge. Looks like it's very simple. If you want to find something, something uninvented, unthought of before, you must put aside all that you know, otherwise you can't find anything new. To find anything new, you can't carry on with the old. There must be an ending to the old to find something new. And you can only find something new when the mind is not mechanical, not caught in the area of knowledge, when it is free. And when, the, when it is free, in that freedom is knowledge, is intelligence. And that intelligence is total security. So you see, we are seeking security, not in intelligence, in ideas, projected by thought, in beliefs created by thoughts. We are seeking security in relationship of images, which, is the, which has been put together by thought. So in thought we have sec, sought security, inward security, psychological security. And we have not been able to find it. And that is all our misery. But there is complete security when thought notes its limitation and functions within the field of knowledge effectively, sanely, rationally, and realizes its boundary, its limitation, and in that realization, its limitation, there is freedom. And when there is freedom with knowledge, then there is intelligence, and that intelligence operates at every level, and in that there is total inward security. I hope you got your money's worth. <laughs> you see, the speaker has worked. And I'm afraid you have not worked. You haven't worked upon yourself as we are talking, completely, with absolute seriousness, with great attention. 
if you have, and I hope you have, then you will be a different human being. That is the operation of religion. That's the only function of religion, to bring man and to free him from his idiocies and superstitions, so that he can see something totally new, something immeasurable.